morning, good morning, good morning. I welcome you to Roanoke Salem Missionary Baptist Church. We're located in Garysburg, North Carolina, and we're so blessed and honored that you are making time to worship with us on this uh, Sunday morning. This is the third Sunday in May in 2020. And again, we're just grateful to the Lord for the blessing of a new day and that you would join us. Uh, we're going to go this morning to the book of Esther. Our message from this morning will be coming from the book of Esther chapter 4. And before I give you the actual verses, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, in Jesus' name, we are grateful and honored that you would give us another day. Continue to bless our world. Continue to help us. We know that you're going to bring us through this pandemic while we're yet going through empower the body of Christ even more to show your love to a lost and dying world. Lord God, we're going to give you all the praise, honor, and glory that you rightly deserve. Thank you for the resources that you've blessed us with. And Lord Jesus, use this word to change somebody's life, to positively impact somebody's life. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Book of Esther, chapter 4. We want to look at verses 13 through 16. And I will be reading to you from the Living Translation Bible. The Living Translation Bible, Book of Esther, chapter 4, beginning with verse number 13. This is what it says. It says, um, this was Mordecai's reply to Esther. Do you think you will escape there in the palace when all other Jews are killed? If you keep quiet at a time like this, God will deliver the Jews from some other source, but you and your relatives will die. What's more, who can say but that God has brought you into the palace for just such a time as this? Verse number 15, then Esther said to Mordecai, Go and gather together all the Jews of Shushan and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, day or night, and I and my maids will do the same. And then, even though it's strictly forbidden, I will go in to see the king. And if I perish... I perish. The sermon topic for this morning, church family, is when trouble increases faith. When trouble increases faith. At a certain age, um, all of us begin to understand what the word trouble means. And not, not only do we understand what that word trouble means, we, we learn to, to recognize trouble when we see it, when it comes. We also understand that there are basically two types of trouble. There's the trouble that we create for ourselves, amen, and then there's the trouble that we did not create for ourselves. In other words, that trouble is from some other source or some other person. Now, in my own lifetime, I have learned that how people handle trouble 
depends on what they believe about themselves. And you think about it as far as your own life, too. When people believe they can figure out everything by themselves, they usually stay frustrated and angry when trouble comes. But on the other hand, people who believe that there is a higher power, amen, a higher power than themselves, those people are usually peaceful and hopeful when trouble comes. The people who trust in a higher power to fix the problem or to tell them what they should do. Now, I know there are many types of higher powers that people believe in, but, but for me, there's only one. There's only one higher power, and that is Jehovah God. And I, I pray that you have come to the point in your life that you recognize that the only true higher power is Jehovah God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I believe that many of us today are like our spiritual sister, Queen Esther. There was a season in her life, just like there's a season in our life now with this pandemic. There was a season in Esther's life when she had to face trouble several times. But, but because Esther believed in a higher power, because she believed in Jehovah God, amen, uh, trouble did not defeat her. Trouble didn't defeat Esther. In fact, in every situation, trouble increased Esther's faith in God. It was trouble that brought Esther and all the Jews under the authority of King Xerxes, who was the king of Persia. It was trouble that forced Esther into a beauty contest, and out of that she became the new queen. And now we see here that it's trouble again, that that's the reason why the lives of all the Jews are being threatened by a man named Haman. Haman hates every Jewish person in the kingdom. And Haman especially hates a man named Mordecai, who is Queen Esther's cousin. And yet, if you read the book of Esther, what you will find is every time trouble comes into Esther's life, her faith in God increases. Now, there are many theologians uh, who will point out, and it's the only kind of controversy, if you will, about this book of Esther being included in the Bible, is the fact that the name of God, uh, nor any symbol that recognizes or identifies God, is not found in the book of Esther. But as my good friend, Pastor Douglas Harris, reminded me when we had a conversation recently, the Jewish people, there was only one God for them, and that was Jehovah God. So everything that had to do in their lives, it was always predicated on their faith in God. In other words, even though God's name is not mentioned in the book of Esther, it's absolutely clear that God's hand is absolutely on everything that happens to Esther. That's a blessing. That's a lesson, too, for some of us to learn. Just because we don't see God, that doesn't mean that he's not working on our behalf. He's always, he's always there. Whether you cry out to him or not, he's, if you belong to him through your faith in Jesus Christ, Jehovah God is always there, and he's always working to make things right in your life. 
Esther's new trouble begins in chapter 3. Let me give you this quick backdrop. This man named Haman that I've already mentioned, Haman was, was honored by the king. Um, and then the king commanded folks to bow down to Haman. Mordecai sat every day along with some other royal officials at the king's gate, the gate that leads into the palace. Mordecai was always at the gate. And uh, uh, even after this decree went out about uh, the king honoring Haman and people were supposed to bow down to Haman, Mordecai refused to bow. Haman gets so mad at Mordecai that he determines to kill not only Mordecai, but all the Jews. So Haman goes to the, the king, King Xerxes, and he tells a lie about the Jewish people. And then he asks the king for permission to kill the Jews. Without thinking, the king gives Haman permission uh, to kill the Jews, not knowing that Esther was, in fact, a Jew herself. Haman writes a decree, and he signs it, with the king's signet rings, which means that whatever, when it's something was signed with the king's signet ring, it could not be undone. It could not be reversed. So he, he writes this decree uh, saying that all the Jews are going to be killed and when they were going to be killed and how they were going to be killed. And he signed that decree and then he sent it out to all the providences of, of the kingdom there of Persia. So let's now get into chapter 4. Mordecai hears about Haman's plans, and, and, and Mordecai is so distraught. He, he is just so, uh, uh, he's so mad, and he's so angry, he's so frustrated, and he's, he's, he's just so distraught and distressed by it that he begins to tear his own clothes off, and, and he starts wailing right there at the king's gate. Esther hears from some of her maidens and some of her male servants about her cousin Mordecai and what's going on with him. And so she sends the valet to check him out, to talk to him, to ask what's going on. And Mordecai tells the valet all about Haman's plans to kill the Jews. And uh, the valet, of course, goes back and tells Esther. Esther sends word back to Mordecai uh, that um, she's fearful to go to the king unless he has called for her. Now, this is a very important point of the story because there was, a, there was a rule that could not be broken which said that the king had an inter-palace. Inter, inter, uh, uh, he had an inner court that he stayed in. And if the king was in his inner palace, his inner court, no one could come there unless the king called for them. If you were bold enough to just show up at the, um, the doorway or the entrance of the king's inner court and he had not called you, the king would sit there on the throne and he had a, a, a long uh, golden, um, if you want to call it like a cane, if you will, and, and it had a golden ball at the top of it. If the king raised it, that meant you could come in. But if the king saw you at the entrance of his inner court and he had not called you, if he did not raise that golden cane to say it was okay, the guard standing outside would immediately kill you. So, so Esther was fearful because she told Mordecai, she said, listen, it's been over 30 days since the king last called me to come into his inner court. So I'm, I'm not sure I should just do that. And then we get to, to verse number 13 where we started the, the, the reading for today. Mordecai tells Esther now, don't you think that just because you're the queen, 
that you're going to escape what Haman is planning for all the Jews. And Mordecai expresses his faith in God because he tells us, he says, if you don't say a word, God will. God will find another way to deliver us. But you and your family are going to die. He said, but Esther, the fact of the matter is, maybe God put you in the palace for just a time as this. Amen. And Esther realizes that she's got to do something. So, so that, that word from Mordecai, it made Esther shake off her, her temporary fear. And we get to verse 15. And, and I think she carefully considered what Mordecai had said. And I believe Esther remembered God's grace and mercy when she was in trouble times before. And, and then Esther probably took some time and prayed to God for his guidance because that would have been the natural, normal habit and routine of the Jewish people anyway, to pray to God. Amen. So, so Esther probably prayed and, and then she, uh, she asked for God's guidance. And in that moment, Esther allowed her trouble to increase her faith. Amen. That's what you and I have got to do. When we face trouble, any kind of trouble, the trouble we're facing now, the trouble we were facing before this pandemic, when we are in trouble, brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to allow our trouble to increase our faith. Think about how faithful God has always been in times past when we've trusted him and when we've done our best to obey him. And the same God that came through for you times before, he's coming through for you again on, in any kind of trouble that you may face. Amen. I, I believe that Esther prayed to God. She asked for his guidance, and God told her what to do. So Esther sent word back to Mordecai. Uh, she told Mordecai and all the Jews in Shashan to, uh, to fast. Don't eat any food or drink any water for three days and three nights. And Esther said she and her maids would do the same. And, and, and then here's the evidence. Here's the evidence that Esther's faith in God had increased during this time of trouble. It's found in verse 16. Esther says, after these three days of fasting, I'm going to go and see the king. Now, I know it's strictly forbidden. I know it could cost me my life. She says, but after I fasted and we fasted for three days and three nights, I'm going to go in to see the king. But she trusts God enough to go in anyway because she says, and if I perish, I perish. Esther's saying, it might cost me my life, but I'm going to trust God anyhow. Brothers and sisters, let me say to us, that is where we are at our greatest point of spiritual maturity. It's not because of how many Bible verses we can quote. It's not because we can preach good or sing good or we got a gift that we say this is God's gift and I got this ministry. It, it, it's, it, it's not how well we can pray. Our spiritual maturity is, is really shown to the world by one simple fact alone. And that is we are willing to stand and do what God says do in spite of. I'm going to trust Jehovah God. I'm going to trust Jesus Christ. I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit. Anyhow, no matter what it may cost me, I'm going to stay with the Lord. That is the ultimate sign of spiritual maturity. Amen. And Esther is showing this in this story. Esther's story is all of our stories. Trouble does come into our lives. We know it's coming. 
The Bible tells us, the story of Job, is the book of Job is in the Bible to prove to us and show us that you don't have to create any trouble for yourself. Trouble's coming. Jesus himself said so. It doesn't matter whether it's our fault or not our fault. Trouble is coming. It's just a part of life. But when trouble comes, there are three things that Christians should do. Here's number one. Pray. Whether it's because of your own fault or you're not. If the trouble is for your own fault, pray. First thing in your prayer, ask the Lord to forgive you. If the, if the trouble is not of your own doing and it's because of somebody else, ask the Lord to forgive them. Amen. But the first thing a Christian should always do when trouble comes is to pray. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verses 16 and 18 says that we should uh, always rejoice and pray and, and to give thanks because that's the will of God. We should always uh, rejoice in the Lord and, and be in constant prayer and give thanks to the Lord because that's the will of God. The second thing Christians should do when trouble comes is we should wait for God to answer our prayer. Amen. We pray first and then we wait for God to answer our prayer. Uh, the book of uh, Psalm number 32, uh, verse number 8, says that the psalmist said that God will instruct us and and he will teach us, and he will counsel us, and he will keep his eye on us. Amen. God will, we, we go to God in prayer. Then God will instruct us, and he will teach us, and he will counsel us. That means he'll give us the right, the right instructions. He'll give us his divine wisdom, and he will keep his eye on us. Third thing that Christians should do when trouble comes our way is, Whatever God tells us to do, number three, we should obey God's instructions. Amen. You pray to the Lord, you wait on God to give you the answer, and then whatever he tells you to do, then we should obey God's instructions. That's number three. Luke chapter 11, verse number 28 says, Blessed, Jesus himself spoke these words. He said, More blessed are people, are us, when we hear and obey God's word. Jesus himself said in Luke chapter 11, verse 28, we are more blessed as believers when we hear God's word and when we obey it. Amen. God may tell you to be still and say nothing and do nothing. If that's what God tells you, that's what you do. If God gives you some specific instructions like he did here with Esther, uh, then you do that. Amen. But the point is, Whatever it is God tells you to do after you've prayed, then you do just that. I believe Esther had God's divine wisdom and his guidance as she executed her plan. The plan worked perfectly because it exposed Haman as a bigot. It gave Esther and Mordecai more favor with the king. Her plan uh, persuaded the king to write a second decree, and that second degree, decree was the one that saved the Jews. Amen. So, so Esther prayed, she waited for God's answer, and she obeyed his instruction. And as a result, the plan of action that God gave Esther ultimately saved her life and all the Jews. As I close, I pray all of us will learn from Esther's example. When trouble rises up in our lives, don't run away. Don't try to hide. 
Don't give in to fear. I'm not saying you won't be anxious or worried or fearful, perhaps angry, frustrated for a moment. That's human nature. God understands that, 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 that we're built that way. That's just our human nature. But if you're a Christian, you shouldn't stay there. You shouldn't stay in fear or anxiety or worry or frustration. You should turn to the Lord, trust in him with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Jehovah God, and he will direct your paths. Amen. We need to let trouble increase our faith. We need to let trouble increase our faith in Jesus Christ. At this time of this coronavirus pandemic, we need, as the body of Christ, to allow this trouble to increase our faith. Why? So that we can be more empowered by the Lord to be a bigger blessing to others. Amen. Esther is just one example of when trouble increased faith. But Jesus Christ is our ultimate example. Because when Jesus found himself in the greatest moment of trouble in his life, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he was wrestling between his human flesh not wanting to go to the cross, and then the Spirit in him being God at the same time saying, this is my divine purpose. We know what Jesus did. Ultimately, he came to the conclusion. He said to his father, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. In other words, that was when Jesus allowed the trouble to increase his faith, and he went on to Calvary's cross. Amen. And so when he went to the judgment halls uh, of Pilate and Herod, his faith was increased. When, when they beat him nearly to death before he even went to the cross, the trouble in, his, in that moment in time only increased his faith. When he carried that wooden cross up Galgutha's rugged hill, he allowed that trouble he was experiencing to increase his faith. When he let them put nails in his hands and nails in his feet, it was trouble for him, unlike you and I could ever begin to experience or imagine. But Jesus allowed that trouble to increase his faith. When he was pierced in his side and his blood and his water came running out, it was trouble for Jesus. It was pain and suffering and agony. The fact that the Bible says he became sin for you and me so we could be forgiven. All that trouble, none of it of his own doing. But he allowed it to increase his faith. I know he did because he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He stayed in that borrowed tomb Friday and Friday night. He stayed in that borrowed tomb Saturday morning and Saturday night. But early on Sunday morning, Jesus increased faith. The fact that he had gone through all that trouble, it paid off that his faith was increased. Because when he got up on Sunday morning, like he said he would, his father gave him all power in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And it's the same power that Jesus got when he got up on what we call Easter Sunday morning. It's that same power that now he uses to bless you and me. He uses to empower you and me. He uses that same power to use us to be a blessing to others, to draw people to himself. Let trouble increase your faith. Trouble's coming. Can't escape it. Don't worry about it. If you're unsaved, you should worry. But let me say this to you. If you're unsaved, 
The good news is you can get saved right now. Please, if you are unsaved, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, please follow me in this prayer if you want to give your life to Jesus on this Sunday morning. Repeat after me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I confess my sins and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Jesus Christ, I believe you rose from the dead and I'm asking you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. In your name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you were unsaved and you prayed that simple prayer according to God's word, now you are immediately saved. Your sins have been forgiven from the past and into eternity. And now you're part of the body of Christ. So continue to pray daily. Read and meditate on God's word as often as you can. Try to do it daily. Always find some time to spend for God. And when you wake up every morning, say, Lord, thank you for a new day. Lord, what would you have me to do? Let God use you. When you lay your head down at night or whenever you rest your mind and body, also thank him that he blessed you for the day that you just had and ask him to keep you safe. Trouble comes, but for the Christian, trouble can lead to an increase, a strengthening, and growing our faith. And the Lord will use us to be even more uh, stronger men and women servants of the Most High God to carry out his purposes in this earth realm. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, thank you for this preaching and teaching opportunity. Uh, bless people everywhere. Bless my unsaved brothers and sisters in humanity as well as my saved brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord God, please, we thank you in advance that we've come through this coronavirus pandemic. It, the end is, will come. But while we yet go through, as I prayed earlier, use us, the body of Christ, to bless others in whatever way you lead us, Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And now for the benediction, may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, Rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth and forevermore. Amen.